give the Lord just praise right now as you're worthy. Amen. Um, if you're smelling bacon, that's exactly what you're smelling. It's our new recruiting tool. And um, <laughs> um, it's actually, we, um, one of our chefs that come to church here, they, uh, they uh, cook breakfast um, ever so often for all of our volunteers that volunteer that Sunday. And so um, this is the second Sunday, and uh, they're cooking it, and um, it smells good, doesn't it? Amen. Don't you love coming to a church that smells like bacon? Amen. It makes everything better. Worship was better this morning. No, I'm just joking. Amen. Men, don't forget to go uh, and sign up for this retreat. It's this coming uh, Friday, Saturday, and uh, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be a great time of hanging out. And listen, please don't let finances stop you from coming. Um, just let us know if you're having trouble and you need some help, okay? Because we definitely want you to come and be a part of this. Les Norman's going to be our speaker, and uh, it's going to be a great time. And so uh, pick up one of these as you uh, exit out and just uh, uh, sign up and come on over there and let's hang out together this coming weekend, this Friday and Saturday. It'll be a lot of fun. Amen? Amen. God's good, isn't he? All the time he is good. Well, we're on a series still on 1 Corinthians, but we're getting into some really good stuff on the gifts of the Spirit, and that's where I want to start today. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you can follow along with, your, with me in your bulletin. There's some uh, notes there, and uh, we're going to be uh, talking about some of the gifts of the Spirit, and in the next few weeks, we're going to be uh, diving in to this a little bit deeper and deeper as we go. So, you know, Jesus died when he, he came, and he uh, lived on this earth, and he was punished for yours and my sin. Um, and rose again. He died and he rose again to, to create a powerful church. Not a weak church, not an anemic church, but a powerful church. And I'm, when I'm talking about church, I'm not talking about an organization. I'm talking about you and I. And uh, together, he's created us to be powerful together. And how many guys know, think the world needs a powerful church? Not to put them down, but to show them the right way, to, to be an example. And that's what Jesus was when he came in here. He was the example of who Father God is. And, um, but the problem is here in, in the church of Corinth, and I think it really fits well with the church in the Western world, definitely. We're not a powerful church. And we need to become that. And I believe as, as we get further and further along, especially in the last days, um, we will become a powerful church because it, it, it takes this. It takes believers who aren't selfish. Believers who decide, I want more of God than anything else. And see, the Corinthian church, they were having problems. It was a messed up church. They were fighting against each other. Who, they were saying, well, I follow this person, so I'm greater than you. Um, I follow this person, so I'm better. And they, they were just really a messed up church here. And so, um, but, the, but, but Paul even says they didn't lack any spiritual gift. They had all these spiritual gifts, but they were misusing them too. And when they were used their spiritual gifts, they were using them in pride. They weren't using them in humility and love. They were using them for their own purposes. In fact, they would come together, and as we talked about last week, they did more harm than good when they, when they came together. And, uh, and our goal here is to really interpret, you know, learn from the bad mistakes that they made. And so we can, we can do it right. Because, you know, we want to we wanna make sure that let all things be done in order, definitely. But let all things be done. We need to desire these gifts and we need to have them in our lives. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, look at this. It says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. 
And there are varieties of activities, but in the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To teach, to, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and the other to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same uh, Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another various kinds of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions all to each one individually as he wills. Now, the, now the, the, this, this chapter, this, this verse 4, really begins with the word now. He says, now there are three things. And this is the three things he talks about. He says, Paul says that there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's a varieties of service, but the same Lord. Varieties of activities in the same God. Now, let's talk about the word gifts here. Uh, now, this is a different word than what we talked about last week in verse 1. This uh, word gifts comes from the Greek term charisma. And it, it really, the root form of charisma is basically a joy, is to rejoice, to be full of joy. Um, to, uh, charisma really means it's a free gift that's full of joy. And so here what, God, what Paul is saying here is that God has freely gifted his church. You are gifted. Every single one of you, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've given him your life. You are gifted by God Almighty. Not just with a, just a, a natural gift. And a lot of us have natural gifts. I'm talking about a, a very spiritual, supernatural gift. You are supernatural. Amen? You have a supernatural gift from God. And these gifts, that's charisma is for the building up and growing the body of Christ. So in reality, these gifts, every one of us have them, whether you recognize them or not yet, and, and hopefully throughout this, these few messages that we do on these gifts, you'll recognize the gifting that God has for you, that these gifts, they are the work of Christ divided among his believers. This is Christ giving us who he is. And this is why, you know, Paul wants us, and he, you know, he talked about unity so much because when we're unified, there's something great can happen because what Christ, all of us together, we make up the body of Christ. We make up who Christ is. And when we're unified in that, and we're unified in love, and we're unified in purpose, there's nothing that can stop his church. Amen? You have something I need. You have something this world needs. We all have something each other. We come together uh, to re really receive, not just from me here, but to receive from the relationships and the understanding of what God has done in each one of us. And you have that inside of you. And here in the, in, in the book of Corinthians, in the, in the church of Corinth, they were so divided. That's why when they came together, they did more harm than good because they're all about themselves. Believers, we need to unite. Unite our giftedness with love and purpose and cooperate with each other. So, this is why. So that the church will win and disciple a lost world. Amen? That's what these giftings are for. And so, Paul says uh, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And then he says varieties of service. And that word service is ministries. It's the, it comes from the Greek word uh, diakonos, and it, it 
has several meanings in the New Testament. One meaning is a servant. One meaning is a minister, a preacher, or a deacon, an administer. And, and the, but the key is here is, is to serve and help others in need, spiritually and physically. So God equips his church, not only with gifts, but to serve. Serve themselves and serve a lost word and world. And then he says there's varieties of activities. And this is a play off the term of, of, of energy. It comes from the Greek word energis. And it's, uh, it basically means to accomplish a task. So Paul uses this term often in, in, the, in the Corinthian le- uh, letters. And see, God's work is an effective work. And his, his, his heart is that we, accomplishes, we accomplish his purpose here. We accomplish his purse, purpose in this world when we go out. Because believers are called with their gifts of God. But we're supposed to use our gifting in active service where the energy and the effectiveness is from Holy Spirit. And we give that from Him. So despite these varieties, there is one Spirit, there is one Lord, and the same God who empowers them in all. And why does, why does Paul do this? Why does Paul talk about this? Why does God give us these giftings, these, the, the heart to serve, and these energies to do this? And, and it comes out of verse 7, for the common good. Because it's the manifestation of his spirit in his believers. And whenever the spirit of God is involved, it is always good. Amen? You know, what really happens is, is when we fail is when we get involved. When we become selfish or we become using our own self, that's when we fail. And so we need to understand that we are gifted, that we are called to serve, and that we, the energy and the power and the ability comes from Holy Spirit. And when we realize that's our purpose, not just to live this life, and, and that's the problem. The ways of this world and the thinking of this world creeps in, and that's all we think about is our bills, right? I mean, that's important. You definitely need to pay your bills. All we think about is the cares of this life, but there's something greater. There's something greater you are called to. There's something greater, and God has gifted you to do, towards that. He's, he's called you to serve in that. He's called you and empowered you and given you energy. In fact, the more you realize that, the more energy you're going to have to do the work of God here on this earth. And that's what Paul is trying to bring in order in the Corinthian church here in, in chapter 12 and says, it's not about you. It's about God. And it's about his purposes in and through us. So Paul here in this text lists nine gifts. Now, I don't believe this is a comprehensive. I think God can gift in any way he wants to. How many guys would agree with that? But this is what Paul lists, and this is what Paul gives us here. And, uh, and in fact, the next three messages, we're going to study four of these nine gifts here. We're going to study first prophecy. Then second, we're going to study the gifts of healing and third, tongues and an interpretations of tongues. Now, the remaining five are important. I don't want to slight them at all, but I tend to think their meanings are, are easier to understand. And it's not as important for me to kind of go deep in it, but let's talk about a couple of them. The first one is utterance of wisdom. The gift of wisdom, we call it, seems to be the ability to make decisions and give guidance. That's according to God's will. So if God gives you uh, the gift of wisdom, that's the ability to make the right decisions for you. Remember that anything that God does, anything God gifts you with is for you. It's to help you. 
but it's to give out. And that's the flow of God. It comes in like anything, finances, anything in revelations that you get from the Lord. It's to get to change you, but it's also to move out of you. And so the gift of wisdom is to help you to make, uh, make decisions and give guidance according to God's will. Uh, the gift of knowledge is the ability to have an in-depth understanding of a spiritual issue or situation. So he gives you that gift of knowledge and understanding. And we all need that. We need the gift of wisdom. I need you to have gift of wisdom for me. Amen? I need that for my life. You need that for your life. Gift of, of knowledge. Then the gift of faith. It's the uh, being able to trust God and encourage others to trust God no matter the circumstance. So you have had the gift of faith that you can encourage. And a lot of you, I've seen that has had that. I mean, you stand in faith no matter what's coming on, and you just look forward and seeing what the things of God is over in that other place. Miracles, the gift of miracles, able to perform signs and wonders that give authentic, authentic understanding to who God is and His Word and His gospel message. And then five is the distinguishing between spirits. You know what is genuine. You're able to have the ability to determine whether or not a person or a message or an event is truly from God. You can distinguish between that. You can tell when someone comes up to you, are they being fake or real? Amen? You can tell when, when you listen to something on TV, no, that's not right. And, and you know it. You know it by the Spirit of God. I mean, I think a lot of women have this, to be honest with you. Amen? I think they do. I mean, my wife definitely, I think, you know, operates in the distinguishing of spirits. But we're going we're gonna to really focus on four of those, what I just talked about, prophecy, understanding of what, the gift of healing, uh, the, um, the gift of um, interpretation of tongues and in tongues. And, and so we're going to develop those in the next coming week. But, you know, sadly, most Christians don't understand the gifts and a lot of times when we don't understand something, we reject it. Isn't that right? We automatically reject it. Even though we might see it in the Word, but we, we reject it. Some Christians don't even believe that these gifts are for today. And I talked about that last week. But let me tell you something. To reject spiritual gift is to turn from the immediate and gracious enablement of God. In a sense, it's to turn from God. It's not a small issue. See, to affirm them is to welcome Him. To deny the spiritual gifts in your life is we deny that enabling of God in our life. doesn't mean you're not going to heaven, but you're denying who God and what God wants to do in and through our life. Because spiritual gifts directly touches the very mission of the church and how the church will live out His calling. Verse 11 says, All these are empowered by one. And the same Spirit, by God and His Holy Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as He wills. As He wills. It's not your will. Your, your will and my will has nothing to do with this. Amen? It's as Holy Spirit wills. And, and He has gifted you. The Holy Spirit empowers and apportions to each one individually as He wills. You know what it is? It's basically... When we operate in, and we choose to do this, and we choose to operate in the gifts that God has called us to do, we come under the authority of the Spirit of God. And I don't know about you, that's a good thing. That's something that I, I should desire to do. God, what, do, what are you doing in me? What do you want to do in me? What's your will for me? 
And I want to be right there in the middle of your will, God. And I want to be used by you. And so that's what I'm going to do. If I don't understand it, I'm going to seek it out. And I'm going to find out what is a spiritual gift. Let me give you some definitions. These come from two um, pretty well-known theologians. One's named by Wayne Gretham. In fact, our our Bible school students, I think, have gone through his uh, systematic theology. And he says this. He says, a spiritual gift is any ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry of the church. This broad definition includes both gifts that are related to natural abilities, such as teaching, showing mercy, or administration, and gifts that seem to be more miraculous and less related to natural abilities, such as prophecy, healing, or distinguishing between spirits. Another man named Sam Storms, who used to live in this area, he says this. He says, spiritual gifts are concrete disclosures of divine activity and only secondary human activity. Spiritual gifts are the presence of the Spirit Himself coming to relatively clear, even dramatic expression in the way we do ministry. Gifts are God going public among His people. I love that. Can you imagine that? God going public through you. God doing something so supernatural through you. Because you have a word of wisdom for somebody, somebody, a word of knowledge that God's already done something on their heart, and you give them that, and they know it's not you, because you had no way of knowing that, and that only can come from God. I've seen so many people come to the Lord just because of that gifting. Because you availed yourself to the Holy Spirit and says, whatever you want, use me. Spiritual gifts consist of divine activity, and I love that, and they are spiritual. They're not just natural strength, they are supernatural. Because we wouldn't say unbelievers have spiritual gifts, but they do have abilities. Everybody has abilities. Natural abilities are common grace, but, but they don't fit the purpose of spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are given in a, nat, in a supernatural way by God. It is God himself doing this through you. And I love that. As we say, okay, God, use me. And they're given to equip the church to carry out ministry until Christ comes. I love that. Here's three statements. You can write these down. It may help you. Gifts will vary in strength. God apportions them as he wills. So they vary in, in, in each one of us. We do not equate spiritual gifts with spiritual maturity. Just because you operate in a spiritual gift doesn't mean you're mature. The, the Corinthian church were, was not mature. And they operate in spiritual gifts. They use them wrong. Real, real, be honest with you, and I'll, we'll talk about this later. Real maturity comes out of love. Not because you have a spiritual gift. Because every one of us have spiritual gifts, right? Every one of us are gifted. That doesn't mean you're mature. Maturity is how to use those gifts. And, and you use them through love and humility. If you have love and humility, you're spiritual. Let me, let me, this is how you can know if you're mature. How you love one another. So if someone comes up and cusses you out, if you hit them, you might not be mature. <laughs> or if you cuss back at them. 
I mean, I think there's sometimes I'm more mature than other times. How many of them has ever felt that way? I don't know, a lot of you have been through Lamb, Love After Marriage, and they give us these, get, these tools to use. In fact, on my phone, I have an app, all these tools. And Lisa and I will get in fights. And our, well, those arguments, we, wouldn't get, we don't get in fist fights or anything. I mean, she has thrown a shoe at me. And a knife. Oh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> But, you know, real maturity in our fighting, if, if we can sit down and, and use the tools that we've learned in, in our lamb class and, you know, how to, how to speak to each other and to love each other. And I, um, I'm not that good at that. Anyway, um, but I have to learn to be mature. You know, you have to learn to, to use the love of God and to be mature. See, love is where real maturity is. And this is where the Corinthian church were missing it. They did not prefer their brother above themselves. So their spiritual gifts were used to do this, to raise themselves up higher than the other person. Someone who's real mature and using their spiritual gift does not want to be seen. They don't want any credit. They just want to be used. They want to be obedient. In fact, if someone comes up to you and uses their spiritual gift and they're shaking, don't, don't think that's weakness. That's strength. If they're nervous. Amen? That's real maturity. And the third thing about spiritual gifts is that we always seek the giver first. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's so important. Because you are gifted. And my heart in this is that we learn these gifts and we move forward in them. Here's some other essential things that we need to understand. And we're going to work through these as these next three chapters in 1 Corinthians we go through them. Number one, spiritual gifts are God at work. It's the Spirit who apportions gifts as He wills. It's the Spirit who empowers. So when you're operating, it's the Holy Spirit definitely connecting through you. It's not just you. You're connected. Number two, there are varieties of gifts, service, and activities, and we need them all to complete the mission of the local church. We respect and treasure those differences. We are all different, and we need each other. There is no small work. There's no small gift. Amen? There's no small service. There's no small activity. We all need each other. Number three, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one, so every believer has at least one spiritual gift working in them. You are gifted. Number four, the gift is for the common good. It turns out it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the body of Christ being built up. And this is one area the church of Corinth was definitely messing up in. Because it was all about their pride and their selfishness. They have allowed selfishness to reign. See, the essential character of, of a believer doesn't change. Humility, love, joy, 
peace, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. All these abide in Christ. The giftings of the Holy Spirit flow free in us as we allow humility, love, and joy, and all the rest of them to, to rule our lives. That's when you see the real gifting of the Holy Spirit powerful in your life because you have humility. You bow down to the Lord. We were praying before service with our worship team. And the song came in and it's, um, when the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come. Longing just to bring something that is wor- of worth. Is that we strip everything away and it's not about me. It's all about the Lord. It's all about Him. That's humility. And that I love through the love of God because that's the only way I can know love is through his love and as I know his love for me and that flows out to others that's when spiritual gifts really rule and that's when they're really powerful and that's where we need to come because pride is always lurking it's always trying to come in and we need to stop it say God not my will but your will be done and I want you to understand that and as we go forward and And I I believe this is going to happen, that you're going to start to recognize your spiritual gift. The one that God's given to you right now. Because some can be temporary, some can be permanent. I believe a lot of us have permanent giftings. And I think sometimes we operate temporarily as He wills in other giftings. And I believe as you see those, you're going to operate in those. But it comes to that place where where we don't let pride come in. and, And, you know, pride can be two different ways. It can be where I'm trying to lift myself up or I'm afraid of doing anything for God because I'm afraid what people might think of me. That can be pride too. But I want to encourage you, desire these spiritual gifts. Look forward in your life and say, God, what's going on? What what is my gifting? What do you want to use me for? And if you're unaware of the Holy Spirit's activity in your life, here's what you need to do. What are these next steps? Number one, be God-centered and not self-centered. For most, most Christians, it, when it comes to discovering our part in the work of God's kingdom, the question is all, all, a lot of times a self-centered question, God, what can I do for you? Instead of God, what, what do you want to do in me and through me? What's your will for me? What's your particular assignment? And that just so, subtle shift in understanding and thinking and talking to the Lord, is, it does wonders because you're going to see a dramatic result out of that is that I'm bowing down to you and it's whatever you will, Lord. So be God-centered and not self-centered. Don't, don't try to say, well, I want, to, I want to prophesy. And a lot of times, a lot of people just want to get up on this stage. And listen, you don't want to get up on this stage. In fact, I believe most spiritual gifts are, are one-on-one or one-on-few. And what the Corinthians were doing, they were coming out and they were out of order because they were fighting. My gift is stronger, so I should be heard. It's not the way it is. That's why Paul is bringing some stability to that. Be God-centered about it. Let's lay everything down and say, it's not, not about me, it's about you, Lord. But the second thing you need to do is ask, seek, and knock. Go after it. 
You know, I believe the problem is, is that we're not desperate or hungry enough for God. See, it's not that you're not gifted because you are. You are gifted. That's very clear in the Bible. It's not that God's withholding anything from you because he's not. We don't receive the things of God because we're not hungry enough. We're not desperate to go after him. How long have you prayed to find out your spiritual gift? How long have you sought the Lord in the word? Probably a lot of times we just haven't because it's not been on our radar. It's on your radar now. So what will you do tomorrow? What would you do this afternoon? The Royals play at three, so you got a few hours after church. <laughs> and the other one, you may not want to watch today. I don't know. <laughs> but it'll be all over by five. Hopefully you're happy at that time. Are you going to pray? Are you going to ask the Lord, what's my spiritual gift? Ask, seek not. Because you're not withholding it. He's not saying you don't deserve it because you do through Christ. So go after it. Desire it. The third, seek to obey in every opportunity. God blesses obedience. So just listen. When you're at the gas station, you're pumping gas, and you hear this voice that says, go and say whatever to that person. Do it. You'll be operating in a spiritual gift. Just obey. Just do it. I know all of us have that issue. Just obey him. Maybe you're, you're walking down the hall. You're going to get your coffee even here. And you walk by someone and you said, Hi, and the Lord speaks to your spirit about something. Obey it. If you make a mistake, we all love each other, right? And remember, it's to build up. So you're not going to tear down. If you tear down, we will find you. It's to build up. What he gives you will build up. So use that gifting inside. You are gifted. Seek to obey God in every opportunity. And then number four, find a need and meet it. Step out in faith. Just do it. And watch God do it. Varieties of gifts, varieties of service, varieties of activities but it's the same Lord and the same God. God wants, desires a powerful church. Amen? And you know what? It's not powerful because we have all the right programs. We have all the right activities and you get entertained on a Sunday. It's because of our people like you who know their God and do great exploits for him. Amen? Because you're empowered by his spirit to do something great. Amen? You guys ready to find out your spiritual gifts? Amen? This is what I'd like for you to do. Here's homework. 
It's good homework. Something you'll enjoy. Get with somebody, your spouse, a friend, and talk to them about your spiritual gifts. Ask them, what do you see in me? Okay? And then pray with each other. It's so important. You know, Jesus did this. He always sent them out by twos. We are never to do it alone. If you're single in here, find somebody. Give me a call. I'll hang out with you. If you're a guy. If you're a girl, give my wife a call. But find out. Just talk to them. Start the conversation this week. What is my spiritual gift? List them out. Look in, in chapter 12 and see. What are they? And we'll talk about more about them as we go along, but start right now. Start earnestly desiring spiritual gifts. And especially that you may prophesy. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. Amen? And then watch God and start working it on each other. Just start using your spiritual gift on, on the people closest to you. That's the easiest. And then you'll spread out from there. If you, have a, if you operate in, in the gift of prophecy, prophesy. Speak what God's saying right now. It's a word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Do those things. If it's gifts of healing, pray for the sick. Working of miracles, pray for miracles. Do those things, whatever they are. Do them with your family and spread out from there. Amen? Watch God move in you. Amen? Sorry, heads close your eyes. Father, I just...